Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, Episode 6, Music. Uh, we have to say that this might not be for little ears. Uh, we use bad words and we cover topics that some people might be offended by. Uh, if that's the case, you can uh, go find yourself another corner of the internet. And... Uh, you know, come back next time or don't, but we'll still be friends. I think that's a, I think that's the short version of what I'm supposed to say. That's ample warning. Okay. So one of the things you and I have in common is a love for loud music. Yes, sir. Yeah. Love it. Love it so much. Love it so much. Love quiet music too. I'm a big fan of all kinds of you know, but when somebody says, when somebody, you ask somebody what kind of music they like and they say, oh, I like everything. Yeah. I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't trust them. <laughs> right. No, nobody likes everything. No. I like very specific things in a wide array of genre. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. So my dad was a vocal music teacher. Um growing up and we had a huge record collection and he was a music, he is a musician and my mom, he and my mom were always playing music and their friends would come over and they'd play music together and play guitar. And <clears throat> so I was always raised with, um, all kinds of, all kinds of music and listening to like the first music I remember listening to and understanding how, um, how sort of uh, influential or impactful it could be was, I think uh, it's, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to remember specifically, but I remember listening to Cat Stevens and I remember listening to the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack and like I was mesmerized by the album art and I was mesmerized by what I was hearing and, and I, I oftentimes joke that, um, like I learned to count, uh, to 39 lashes, like in the, the, uh, Jesus Christ superstar, it's basically <laughs> Jesus being beat to death. Uh-huh. So I learned, I learned how to count by listening to Jesus get beat to death. <laughs> But you know, he had he had everything. He turned me on to Nina Simone at a very early age. He turned me on to yeah, yeah, not not Jesus. (laughs) Jesus Uh, was into Nina Simone. I hear (laughs) Uh, uh, Iron Butterfly. That was I remember that one, and I remember the the album cover art, like the whole package, the whole thing, the whole presentation, the vinyl. Uh, being you know being very careful with the with the record player right and the volume knob and the lights on the amp and 
like, so from a very early age, I was in, in totally entranced by yeah. it. And then, and then once I got into, you know, my adolescent, my early adolescence and learned about loud guitar driven music, then I never went back, um, until, you know, in my adulthood, because at that point, when you're a stupid kid, you think that what you like is all there is in the world and you, you don't care about anything else. Right. You know, I didn't want to listen to heavy metal and I didn't want to listen to hip hop and, you know, but then as I got in high school and college and sort of broadened my horizons, then it was just everything was on the table. I like that you never used the M word in that little story arc there. What was that? Matured. Oh, no. No, but so here's a kind of a funny thing. Like uh, when I was young, I, I was familiar with Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, when you're in, when you're in um, second grade, I was in second grade and I loved Kiss, yep. you know. So then years later, I sort of, I, I learned about all kinds of different bands and and artists and and then i would revisit kiss and i'd revisit joe jackson and i'd revisit all this other stuff and i could hear influences in all of these other styles of music and these other artists that i had sort of discovered in the interim Mm. and that's super fun for me like kiss is goofball pop rock music Mm -hmm. but to you know then go and to listen to so much stuff that happened after kiss and hear very definite influences. Mm. I don't know. Those are the those are the only two I can um those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head, but and I and I never I never matured. I <laughs> emotionally or musically. I have a similar um, I have a similar story. My parents weren't particularly musical. My my mom really only listened to classical music and we had a big record collection that was all classical. And as I got older, I appreciated that music more, but I always rejected it as a kid. But my dad had a copy of the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour record, Mm. which Mm -hmm. I would say is a punk rock record. Mm. Um, You know, it's got (laughs) Eye on the Walrus on it. It's got some really weird shit. It's like this LSD... Uh, it's a weird record and it, you know, it folds out and it's got a, like a storybook picture thing in it. Um, and that was really like pretty exciting. And my brother had kiss alive. And I remember, yeah, like first, second grade discovering it and thinking, this is scary, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, and in, in retrospect, of course, kiss is like. They're like theater kids. <laughs> yeah, they're the least, the least scary thing. Yeah, but you not. don't, you don't know that. I remember my friend Aaron Ambrosier had an Ozzy Osbourne for President shirt on yeah. uh, when we were in fifth grade, and I asked him, like blank, point blank, doesn't that scare you? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like everybody with older siblings, I had an older sister. Um. And she turned me on as well. Her friends turned me on to some stuff, but all of my other friends, they had like older brothers and they got into, you know, Black Sabbath and all this stuff really early. And that wasn't, I didn't get that opportunity. I sort of went another way and I learned about the violent femmes and sort of new wave and tears for fears and all this other stuff, but it wasn't, 
like the, the the heavy stuff was really scary to me when I was small. Same, same. I was like, I, I think I was attracted, repulsed. You know, I was yeah. like, this is really scary. <clears throat> tell me, tell me more about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there was that, but then, but then my like my personal entry to, I guess, loud fast music was the Repo Man soundtrack. <laughs> I grew uh-huh. up in Alabama, right? Like that is that's how punk penetrated Alabama. Was <laughs> the Repo Man movie and the soundtrack. Um and that was that was definitely like cracking some door open for me. I think that I think it worked that way for a lot of people. I, I don't know what years they came out, but um The Client of Western Civilization and Repo Man both. Right. Or and uh and not and um Suburbia. Like right. all three of those movies, I think opened a lot of people's eyes and ears to, I don't know, punk rock for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, the the but, extent of punk rock in Mobile, Alabama was a band called the Vomit Spots. It was like a kind of a hardcore band uh, that was at the local college, which is Spring Hill College, which is a, a tiny little Catholic college. So you can imagine... Like that's punk rock, and the um, the lead singer of the Vomit Spots had a a mohawk, and it was it was l- going to see them, and you know they were bad, um, in the most magical way, but uh, going to see them in the eighties in Mobile, Alabama was like going to see the moon landing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was really. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. And I had, you know, I was like, I had, I was friends with these older girls who were into this music and I was like, oh yeah. And they sort of dragged me along like their mascot. Uh, and I definitely felt like I was inside some, I was, I had been jumped into some gang that, uh, I felt very lucky (laughs) to be a part of. It's a bit of a secret handshake at that point when you're, you know, you, you're looking around the room and maybe this never crossed your mind or crossed my mind, but it was like, you knew something that the rest of the world didn't know. Definitely. I was in you a know? place that none of my friends or other people my age, I was at a place that no one else was. Mm-hmm. I had been invited there and, uh, I don't know why I was thinking, you know, last night I was talking with my wife about music from the eighties that we enjoyed. And there was a kid named Alex Parkman who is not with us any longer, unfortunately, but Alex was a couple years older than me. And he was like this sort of mysterious, cool kid. (laughs) Uh, He wasn't like a popular kid, but he was definitely, you know, he was sort of edgy and people paid attention to him. And for some reason, he like came to my house with a stack of records and was like, here, check these out. And it was that same kind of thing. Like, I don't know why. For me, it was very exciting to be paid attention to, (laughs) certainly by an older kid and uh, and to be gifted some music. It was it was I don't know, man, it was everything then. I think it still is. I mean, it resonates with you today. So. Again, you you were given the keys to the kingdom, you know? Yeah. And if you think about it, really, how that experience or how that influence shaped you into adulthood, <clears throat> um, 
but it's it's pretty it's pretty miraculous, you know. It is. I think it's part of that. Like, I mean, this is about music, so I don't want to pollute that by talking about bikes. But it's that same. <laughs> <laughs> it's that same sense you get as on your bike as a kid that you're riding and maybe you're as far as you've ever been from home, but there's, you understand at some point that there's more out there. Mm -hmm. Like any corner could have some cool thing around it. And that it's the same thing musically, right? Like you, you, you're a kid and the music that's around you is the music that's around you. And you have the sense that like, that's all there is. And then somebody gives you the keys to the kingdom and says, Hey, actually there's a ton more out there and it's well, that's all. A, that's something that we've talked about before. <clears throat> and, and as it relates to cycling, you, how did you, how did you just put it? Um, it, oh shoot. There's more out there. That's, that's all there is to it. It's a, what's around the next corner. Right. You know, and it's curious that we should keep coming back to this topic or this, uh, observation because it's, it's such, it's so basic it's so obvious. It's so simple, mm. but it is, it is foundational in uh, the music that we listened to growing up and continue to the way <clears throat> it shaped our worldview. I think it's an important thing to always be curious. Um, yeah. And it doesn't seem like that is such a, it's not such a integral part of American culture anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, be curious and be open to something that's not totally immediately familiar to you. Right. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, the three or four things in my life that are the most important, uh, are ever expanding because of that simple curiosity. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. I love that that keeps coming coming up in conversation. I haven't really thought about it in those terms or through that lens until I, today. I think it's it's the things that I want, you know, like even uh, we were talking before we started recording about I've been away on vacation and one of the places I go, so we go to the, on this family vacation every year. We go to the beach and there's this used bookstore there and one night on this vacation every year I go to this particular used bookstore and I walk in the, you know, this is last week. I walk in there, <clears throat> and it's it's not air conditioned, and and it's like really small. <coughs> and of course, all the shelves are too close together. And I start to sweat. And you think like this is not awesome, but actually, this year I walked in and I had this kind of Pavlovian response where I started to sweat, and I was like, oh yes, it's about to happen. And what I meant in my head when I was like, it's about to happen is you have this experience too. You go to a record store and you look at the first stack of records and you find nothing. And that deters you not at all because you know that there's treasure there and you mm -hmm. just keep going to the next stack and the next stack. And it's the same at the used bookstore. I'm looking through all the shelves. There's treasure there. I ended up finding this great 
little novel, The Hard Life uh, by Flan O'Brien. Uh, I'm not going to nerd out on that now. But my point is, you know, that it is it sort of like permeates all the aspects. It's like when I ride the bike, it's when I go to the store, even if I go grocery shopping, I'm like, what weird shit is here that I can eat? You know, it's my wife always laughs. She's like, what did you buy? What is this? <laughs> uh, some exotic spice with cadmium in it. <laughs> right. Certainly going to give us cancer. Uh, I think there's just, I mean, that's like being a, a kid, you know, a kid is experiencing everything for the first time all the time. Right. And as you grow up, you kind of become maybe a little jaded or, or you get set in your ways. And I'm not speaking from immediate experience because I certainly uh, am jaded and set in my ways, but I'm at least trying to constantly um, discipline myself to, to respond that way to always, you don't have to rush through everything, but yeah, if you go into a place, you go into a bookstore, you go into a record store, you go on a ride, like don't rush through shit. Cause everything that's going to be, you know, that's waiting in the wings is still going to be there when you're finished. Yeah. Not to try to, I, I, I would try to be a little bit more methodical about maintaining that, that curiosity. But you mentioned going into a record store, which immediately made me think of uh, because I because I too do try to uh, make a, various lists of things that I'm looking for, or uh, I get news of new releases or whatever, and I'll write it down somewhere. And I never have the list when I go into a record <laughs> store. So I have you know 15 <laughs> things in my brain, and I'm going to go in and I'm going to get them. And without exception, it is an absolute mind eraser. Like the yeah. second I walk into the store, I can't remember my own name. I can't remember what I'm looking for. I can't remember why I'm there. And then you, and then you just start in the A's and you go <laughs> all the way through. And you inevitably will find a bunch of stuff that you weren't looking for. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's – no, I have that exact thing. I walk in and I have something in mind. But do you have this experience where you walk in and you're like, I actually don't remember what alphabetical order is. <laughs> yeah. Where is K? Yeah. Yeah, and then you get sidetracked five times on the way to the K section. Yeah. Uh, you, were ask, you were asking or I guess in the, in the notes that you sent me this morning talking about listening to music when you ride. Yeah. Uh, so I've kind of been thinking about that, but, um, if there's a Bluetooth speaker on someone's bike and they're playing music while they're riding or yeah. at the beach or anywhere, like my immediate inclination is to grab it and throw it into the deepest <laughs> recesses. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I typically I was don't really ride. afraid before you finished saying that. I was really afraid you were going to be like, <laughs> I know that's the guy I want to party with. And I was I like, love it. I, I want love it. I want homicidal rage. Please tell I, me it's homicidal no, rage. I cannot stand the tranquility and the quiet of the woods. I need <laughs> to listen to Katy Perry at top volume. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> listen. I don't, I don't care for speakers. That irks me. Yeah. Um, I find that people who constantly have to have music playing are generally really uncomfortable with their, their thoughts. Mm. You're uncomfortable with silence. I think that's indicative of a whole bunch of other stuff. Yep. 
uh, I think riding with headphones, you know, whatever. I'll ride in traffic. I usually have my left headphone out, my right headphone in if I do ride with music, which I've taken to since the beginning of COVID, actually. I hadn't done it in years. Yeah. And then there was there was less traffic, so there was less to worry about while being on a bike on city streets. So I kind of took to playing music in my in my ears uh, do you listen on my to, way to errands or whatever. Do you listen to different music when you ride Versus, you know, if you're painting or if you're cleaning uh, the cat box. No, no. And it's funny because I always used to like, like my wife and I would be getting ready to to go out or something and I would have to put music on. So like I would have my putting shoes on music or I would, but, and it would take me forever to clean the house because I kept having to go and I would change the music because you want to listen to some music when you're vacuuming or it was ridiculous. It would take me 10 times longer to clean the house. I can't dust to the refused. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, you know, it'll take me four minutes to walk out the door, but I have to have some, I want to put something on while I like prepare in those four minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. It, I'll get on a. I'll get on a kick with something. It doesn't happen with very many bands, but I'll get on a kick where where it is just an insatiable, 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 insatiable. It's an insatiable craving, and I don't want to listen to anything else. And I yeah. listen to the entire catalog. It happens with Monster Magnet pretty frequently. Like a, a bands with a pretty broad discography. Yeah. Usually happens with, but, uh, um, a couple of weeks, like within the last couple of weeks I started, well, I read, okay, this is how it started. I read that there's a Metallica tribute album and the first song was a cover that off did. Yeah. Um, and that immediately, I think we, maybe we already talked about this. I was so excited to, to listen to it. And I investigated and it turns out that it's 53 artists doing covers of just the black album. Didn't we discuss that it's awful? Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> I think we did. I've talked about this a lot with a lot of people recently. So, yeah, I, was yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so disappointed. And yeah. uh, then after that, then I just kind of like got started listening to a bunch of Metallica again. And I hadn't listened to Metallica in a while. Yeah. So, <clears throat> One Wednesday, I guess it was two weeks ago, I was listening to Garage Days or Garage Inc. And that's the double uh, covers album. Yeah. And I was listening to, I don't remember what song it was. It was, I think it was, uh, it was uh, Bread Fan, the Budgie cover. And so I was pedaling in time with that. And I was just fucking, I was mashing from here. I, it usually is like a normal ride. It takes me about 20 minutes to get to the trail. And I think I did it in about half that time. And, yeah. then, I, and then I'm riding up the trail and it's this pretty technical little ascent. And I see this guy down below me, a couple switchbacks back on a mountain bike. He's got a pink shirt on and I see him through the trees, but I'm not paying him any mind. And then he, he, like slingshots around me in this one switchback. The guy is just flying and I'm, I'm right. I'm doing my very, very, <laughs> my very best, 
yeah. and this guy's just uh, he's just a, he's gone he's he's a, me- a quick memory and yeah. later on like i was turning myself inside out writing trying to keep up with the with the music and it was really fun because i was just in my head and, and enjoying this this suffer fest that i was putting myself through and I, I crossed paths with him later on that day. There's a weekly race series that happens here. And I, I crossed paths with him a little while later uh, by accident. I was hanging out with some friends that knew him and he stopped and we chatted and he was like, yeah, man, you were flying. I was like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> glad that you're the one who saw that. Cause there's a, no, like you're the fastest person I've seen on a bike in years. And so yeah. I felt like a little hinge of, pride but it was only because i was trying to keep up with the music that i was listening to that's good that's good boring boring story that took way too long to tell (laughs) no no i like it i like i like the validation from the fast guy yeah that was cool that was cool and i guess he's like some local hot shot and his wife is this total haunch and she's seven months pregnant right now i think and She's a total monster on a bike, and they were saying she'll go and do like a three-hour ride before she goes on a ride. She's <laughs> like they're those type of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember their names, but they were they were lovely individuals. Anyway, I was happy to cross paths with them. Uh, anyway, listening to music while riding, or painting, or doing whatever—it's all basically the same. Yeah, Maybe it's just whatever I happen to be in the, the mood for. It's on my iPod. I don't listen to music while I ride. I don't, I've done it before, but typically I do not put headphones in while I ride. And that's just a, you know, I'm just trying to be where I am to a mm-hmm. degree. Right. Um, but I, I do, I think put songs in my head and ride to them. If that makes any sense. It does. You know, that's a gamble. That's a gamble, though, because then you're like stuck with that one sublime song or that one Blink 182 song that you <laughs> well, can that only never remember happens. the chorus from. And then you're screwed. Yeah, no, that ne- that never happens. Uh, if if one of those if a Blink 182 song got stuck in my head, I would concuss myself. <laughs> it's, intentionally. It's, it's awful. And I use that. I use that as an example because it's happened to me. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I have. I actually I made a short list of songs that I have tried either either get in my head when I'm in that, you know, rage, rage against the pedals uh, Mm -hmm. mode. Um, So they either occur naturally or I attempt to put them there. And the some of these I think you'll know. So Red Fang's Prehistoric Dog. That's just a classic, right? You can't go wrong with that. That's a hard pedaling song. St. Catherine's Ring of Fire equals four points. Do you know that one? Uh, n- no. That's a I rager. Don't. Okay. And then Whores, I have a prepared statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard you uh, You like those guys. Okay. I li- you know, you talk about getting fixated on a band. I think I own in, in 28 teen maybe i only listen to whores like if if you if if you know people get their top five whatever from spotify if that Uh was i don't i wasn't listening to them on spotify but if i had like if they were like here's what you listen to this year whores 
100%. It would have been just those records over and over and over again in all of, yeah. Um, one of my favorite places to listen to is in the car. Everyone has that. But I have this problem where I live in in like a, a pretty chill, quiet suburban neighborhood. And I like to listen to music loud. I like like my general rule is it goes up until the side view mirror starts to shake visibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put the windows up. Like I'm not trying to be that guy that's blasting you off your front lawn. I'm not tr- I'm not really trying to be that guy, but people do hear me coming and they joke with me about it, but they joke with me about it in the way that says like, you're, you're an idiot and you should stop that. The only thing, the only appropriate vehicle for a, a middle-aged dude to drive around <laughs> listening to super loud music with the windows down is either a 79 Trans Am or a super clapped out Chevy van. Oh Yeah. I got to get on that then. And then you can play. But if you're like driving around listening to like uh, Born to be Wild, you know, <laughs> in your, in your, uh, whatever, like Camry, Cam- Buick Skylark. Yeah. Or, and then that's just a, it's just a no go. Yeah. I'm probably in the no go zone, but. Do you it have is, a walkout it, song? What's you know, that? Like your professional wrestler walkout song? Oh. Uh, that's a good, that's a good question. There is a song on my list called Assassin by Floor. Do you know that one? Mm, I don't, I don't know. I know Floor. Yeah, that would be my walkout song, I think. Floor, Assassin. And for people listening at home that don't know Floor, they are, uh, what would you call them? Like a sludge metal band from Florida? I heard, I've heard them called, um... Sludge pop. You know, there's Dead Boy and the Elephant Men, I think is called Doom Doom Folk. Yeah. Folk Doom. Yeah. So the um it's really hard to classify anymore. I don't think there are classifications because it's it's you know, Zydeco <laughs> Doom Crunk. Yeah. It's everything's everything's piled on. Everything's top of everything, everything now. Everything's everything. Yeah. What about you? What's your walkout song? Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's probably Arabian Heights by the Afghan Whigs. Oh, yeah. That's an old banger. Like, that's uh, that's just me. That's just me. That's not like walking. That's just me walking anywhere. It's just me walking <laughs> into a room. Yeah. I feel like I should probably have a suit on though. Like oh. there's just something about that. It's like it's a little classy when I make the entrance into the, into the club. Yeah. I got my fancy suit on or I make my exit from the not so fancy or not so fancy club. And does your suit have sleeves? <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah, I wore my suit like three times in my life and I, it, and it cost more than my truck. Like I spent so much fucking money <laughs> on this thing and I never wear it. It's so badass. Yeah. It's the one thing that keeps me motivated to stay thin yeah. It's because I can't afford to be fat in this in a suit that costs more than my truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the Protecting nicest your thing investment. I own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, okay, well, the other question my friend Jen used to ask is uh if you were a Van Halen song, which Van Halen song would you be? Oh. Um 
uh, what uh, I'm terrible with the names of songs. The only reason I was able to say the other ones was because I wrote them down. <laughs> what's what's uh, is it? Uh, oh, Unchained. Okay, Unchained yeah. is my my Van Halen song. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I always I always sort of I always sort of felt a connection to Hot for Teacher. <laughs> Not because I've ever been hot for any of my teachers, yeah. but just the drum intro, everything, everything about that song. This guy, Bill Lindsay, that I used to work with at a bike shop, he was funny. He was the guy who said, bikes are like friends. You can never have too many nice ones. Like, he's just the dearest man, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was, that was such a sweet perspective. That's like the bike shop version of Eat, Pray, Love or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that was, I mean, that Love, was Bill. Laugh, he, was just a, he was a sweet, he was a sweet human being. I think he, he wanted to do a bike trip one time where he rode his bike to all of the like old classic uh, baseball oh, yeah. stadiums or whatever. Yeah. What do you call the place where they play baseball? Yeah, I, I would like call it Yankee a stadium. stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Ballparks. Ballpark. Yeah. The yeah. old, like the old classic like original ballparks yeah. and that was like that was his that was his thing anyway he always said that his if he was a van halen song he would be ice cream man oh yeah so of course bill Lindsay's gonna be ice cream man yeah 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 i love that he's a peach i haven't seen that dude in a long time but the last I like time i you, did i like that you picked hot for teacher that's late arrow roth uh it's the only good song in 1984 as far as i'm concerned I don't think that was a very good record because they had all the synthesizers and shit. But isn't Panama on that? I like Panama. Ugh. No? Yeah, it is. Ugh. No. I just got uh -uh. ugged. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, you did. No, right. I don't like anything on 1984 except for Hot for Teacher. All right. All right. And I'm I, not even, I'm not it. like a, I'm not a Van Halen theorist. I mean, I am to the degree that like anything that David Lee Roth is in is good. There's I, only I one Van Halen. There's only one Van Halen, yeah. but I don't like, you know, I don't celebrate the catalog so completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never been that, that guy. You know what I find? And, <clears throat> and this, uh, I wanted to ask you about this. So I, I like all music, like you like all music or, or I like many, many musics. But, all, but not all music. But not all music. Um, and as a punk rock um, appreciator. I struggle because there's definitely East Coast punk rock and West Coast punk rock. And mm -hmm. I I have a lot of friends, California friends, who send me bands like, oh, you're going to love this band. And invariably, I hate them. And it's, <laughs> it's I think, I think it, the sun shines too much in California to make good punk rock. Now, that's not an ironclad rule. But there's so much kind of like cheerful punk rock that comes out of California. Yeah. And people send it to me and they're like, oh, you'll like this. And I just, I never do. Well, yeah. that's not true. I almost never do. Uh, this is contemporary stuff, I'm guessing, that people are sending you? Um, I'd say it's, no, this, this is probably like three decades worth. It's not that I don't like any California bands. That's not true at all, but there is a lot. There just seems to be a lot of um, like there are zero cheerful New York punk rock bands. Yes, this is this is true. None. 
And it goes beyond, I mean, there's like, there's like punk rock. And if you, if we're going to make the definition here, there's punk rock and then there's hardcore. Right, 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 right. And I always felt like East Coast stuff was hardcore. West Coast stuff was punk rock. And then, and they're like, they'll, and they're like pop punk and bubblegum pop or whatever, you know, yeah. I, like that should have started and ended with the descendants as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I love the, De- I love the descendants, but yeah. I don't need more than one descendant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or descent. I, that, how do you say it? I don't need more than one descendants. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they're great, you know, but I, and, and similarly, like. You know, East Coast hardcore. I don't know. There's enough. I don't, really, I don't even know that much about it, you know, but it all kind of like agnostic front. Maybe it should have started and ended with agnostic front. You yeah. know, now there's going to be a, like death threats. Some <laughs> East Coast hardcore guy is going to hear this and be like, nope, that guy's yeah. dead. Yeah. Gangrene. <clears throat> Skate or die. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I appreciate. I appreciate that it, I love that it all exists. Yeah. And, you know, so I've been listening to your, we talked about two minutes to late night. Yeah. Which, or any listeners who are unfamiliar with Warsenio Hall and his two minutes of late night, uh, what, I don't even know what project it's, it's like a talk show when pre COVID stuff, they would have talk shows and they'd have musical guests and it would be filmed at St. Vitus in Brooklyn. And the house band is Mutoid Man and they do hilarious sketches and they're all super talented. Like Gorsenio Hall, the host by himself is as a musician. The guy is insanely good as a vocalist. The guy's insanely good. And I just thought he was just like some guy with a, a shtick. Yeah. Funny thing is he does a better Danzig than Danzig does. <laughs> And he, so he rounds up other musicians and they do covers of ridiculous songs. You know, they do like covers of Boston and they do covers of Prince or. They're so um, tight. They're so tight. And they pull uh, like people from, you know, all these super groups. It's, it's, they are themselves a super group and they pull, they, they know everybody. And so there's all these people that come out of the woodwork from, you know, the East Coast hardcore scene. Yeah. Or metal scene or whatever. And then play on these sessions with them there. It's fucking incredible. And they play these pop covers and they like, it's all there. I just, the volume of it and the variety of it blows my mind. Every time I'm like, they can't possibly be doing a good job with this song. Oh, actually better than the original. <laughs> Jeez, did you see that the hardcore, the hardcore version of the pick, whatever Pixies song? They just, that's the newest cover that they just did. I have not seen it. Uh, uh, I could look it up, but anyway, yeah. it's the last thing that they did and it's fucking brilliant and it's, it's just bananas. Yeah. They're so they're so good. Oh, I did. That's what, that was a little anecdote. Uh, after the, they did a Sam hand cover and I was shocked at how good Gorsenio's Danzig is. Right. And I think I quoted on a video or something. I said, Christ, man, is there anything you can't do? Yeah. And his girlfriend or his wife replied, slam dunk a basketball because apparently he's pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you got zinged by your own family. Brilliant. Yeah. But if, if the list of things you can't do is dunk a basketball. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> among, yeah, you're well, all right. He there's there's more than he's got more going for him than I do. That's for sure. Um, so I I had some other questions for you. So do you, you don't ever skate with headphones in, right? There's a big stigma oh. on that. No, because uh. I don't have, well, I do have cordless self, what do they call it? Headphones? I do have Bluetooth. cordless headphones, wireless Bluetooth yeah. headphones. I do have those, but my, they don't, they fall out of my ears. Yeah. So the ones that do fit in and stay in good, I have, a, they're attached by a cord. <clears throat> there's, and some, my, there's something spiritually incorrect about Bluetooth skating with Bluetooth headphones in though, right? That's what everybody does though. Because you don't want to get tangled up in the cord or you're well, running that, yeah, the cord. Yeah, that makes like, sense, I guess. But, but they don't stay in my ears and I do fall down a fair amount. So every time I slam, these little chiclets are going to be flying out of my right, yeah, yeah, yeah. ear holes. So, no. I you're not know. against it on principle. Mm-mm. No, if that's, your, if that's your jam. Yeah. Uh, and I see, people, I see people skating with headphones in all the time. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't, my ear holes don't accommodate them, so yeah. I can't do it. Bad ear holes. I get it. Yeah. Or they fall out and then you get, and then you end up with one and you lose the other one or one gets broken and then you're, I don't know. I don't understand how they work really either. Like, I like everything to be connected by a cord. That makes <laughs> sense to me. It's the electrical impulses that are going through the cord and making the sounds in my ears. But when they're, it's black magic. Did you know that there are headphones that you can swim with? That don't go in your ears. They like, they send the vibration through your skull. Wow. This is a real thing. That's like the newest technology that I'm aware of that exists. Yeah. I was, I was reading about, do you know this guy, uh, Yuval Noah Harari who wrote Sapiens? Yes. I can. And kudos for recalling that guy's name. I can see the book from where I'm sitting. That's the only reason. Yeah, that book is, I have not, I've not gotten all the way through it. Yeah. But just fascinating. Fascinating. So smart. It's that it's the headiest subject matter and it is put in perfectly understandable terms. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great book. I was very skeptical when it was gifted to me. I was like, oh, Yeah. It, it it smacked of like, you like books, try this. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. And then I cracked it open and uh, I just ate the whole thing, basically. But yeah. that guy, apparently he swims. He's Israeli. He lives in Israel and he swims uh, and listens to music through these, um, this like skull vibrating apparatus. Huh. Uh, that was random. So uh, I had I've another. Not heard, not heard of that. I'll investigate. I like <laughs> the idea of it. Here's here's another thing uh, that I wanted to throw at you. Most so yes. y- you and I have been talking about. I think you know somewhat obscure music. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Where is my mind? It's, it's where is my mind? That's the, the not the latest. They do Rush's anthem. That's the latest. Mm. But where is my mind by the two minutes to late night? Uh, who who all is? For my wallet, I just want to come on. And that's YouTube. That's the YouTubes you're seeing that on. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. 
YouTube. Bloodbather, God's Hate, BNFM, Pup. It's a, it's a everybody. It's everybody who's anybody in a single band. YouTube so. owes us a check now because we just <laughs> we just rep them. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, that was just going to burn a hole in my head unless I remember the name of the song that they did the cover of. But so, so what was your question? Here's my proposition. Most, most of okay. Cycling Independence readers and listeners won't be into the same music we are probably. Maybe. Okay. A lot of it's going to be, I don't know, too loud, too harsh, too obscure. Like, they, whatever. That's fine. Everyone's on their own trip. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder if there's a similar lack of overlap from the music side. So, what I mean is a lot of, like, a lot of my friends, or my music friends, I should say, like, people I played in bands with, um, went to shows with, you know, shared records with, they don't really understand the outdoor activities either like they're music people like they only have black jeans and band t-shirts and if you were like let's go for a ride they'd be like how would you do that you know they're music how, people how, how do i how do i keep my how do i keep my ice cubes from falling out of my drink that's right. We're, so, I mean, what I guess my proposition is the Venn diagram of hyperactive dirt bags uh, is small, right? Mm. Or they all they all got attracted to BMX and dirt jumping. Maybe. You think? Because there's a. I mean, there's always been. Say, if you went back to the Interbike Trade Show in two thousand. And you looked at, you know, there's like the cyclist, the atypical cyclist or the atypical outdoors type of active fit person, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you looked at, you went to the the little BMX city Mm -hmm. over in the corner, the little quadrant of of BMX companies. Like those were the people that I was always attracted to because it wasn't, they weren't type A personality right you know they were the they were the derelicts they were into the hijinks and stuff and i remember there was like velo news velo news did like uh hits and misses oh is this a check now sorry (laughs) (laughs) of uh of uh, hits and misses of interbike or whatever and they did mention like not being able to tell the difference between the single speeders and the bmx guys oh and i was like oh that was us That was us. We were like the dirtbag. We we're the dirtbag mountain bikers. That was before the dirtbag mountain bikers was a thing. In my opinion, Interbike has only one hit, and it's the part of the concourse that's all uh, little 10 by 10 booths, and it's all Taiwanese manufacturers of like yeah. neon lit bells. Yeah, spoky dokes. Yeah. Spooky dokes that would, you know, emit the scent, sm- sweet smells or something. Yeah. There's always all some kooky that, shit. Like factory yeah. direct, weird Taiwanese shit. That yeah. is the winning. And you go by the booth <laughs> and the dude has flown in from Taiwan like the day before and he's in a suit, which is, you know, <laughs> which is a thousand percent wrong. And he's asleep on the stool <laughs> in the booth <laughs> next to like a bunch of uh, bike bells shaped like frogs and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. 
that's <laughs> the only hit at Interbike. Everything else is just noise. Uh, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, I miss as as much of a pain in the ass as as Interbike became to to me. You know, like I kind of made I grow to sort of make my own fun eventually. But the first few years that I went there, it was just like it was just incredible. Like all of these people doing something, doing making something, pushing something, um, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, and then you've got the Italians and the Italians are always the, are the most beautiful people yeah. at the show. Yep. And then it was like, it was to, to my, to my best uh, ability, I would describe myself as having the opportunity to be a fly on the wall for a number of years because I wasn't really in the industry my friend Jeff used to call me the most important person in the bike industry who wasn't important because <laughs> my first year there, I was like, Oh, I got to go. Like I've got to go over to whatever booth for, and for no reason, you know, I was just like going <laughs> right. to see friends. I wasn't going right. for meetings or anything. I was just right. wandering around. It was like a big they cocktail have party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, there's going to be like, I get to, there's, you know, everybody had beer at five o'clock or whatever. So you got to make the rounds and, the best, you know, you know where the best sofa was or the one booth that you could hang out in that you wouldn't get kicked out of. Yeah. You rest your feet for a little while or they had a cooler in the back or whatever. Yeah. I just thought, I don't know, it was fun. It was fun. We and have, then we until have a, it wasn't fun. We have an episode coming up in our very well thought out and carefully planned schedule about... <laughs> I didn't know we had a schedule. <laughs> we We do. <laughs> I get the notes five minutes before we start recording and like, okay, well, I guess this is what we're going to talk about today. Right. I mean, when I say schedule, I mean numbered list of things to okay. talk about. But one of them okay. is, uh, and this this is a preview for future episodes, friends. Uh, one of them is uh, the experience of being a parasite on the bike industry, which oh. I think we both have some well, um, here we are. experience with. Oh, we'll get to that later. I don't want to talk about that now because <laughs> we're 49 minutes into this one. And okay. uh, as well, usual, I, for- I don't think we've gotten anywhere. I look forward to it. I want to. No, I- we, we haven't. We never do. No, we, we never, never do. Land, we solve we no never problems. land this fucking plane. Make no points. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, I just, I, this was in my notes. This is the last thing from my notes that I haven't okay. mentioned yet. Um, this was a proposition that my friend Thatch. Now, my friend Thatch is he's I, I, he's in my head usually. Like I, if I'm if I'm trying to figure out what to do, I think often I think what would Thatch do. Um, and you for you, this is uh, you have a person like this, right? Mm, I, <clears throat> yeah, I think I've I probably got a couple people like this. There, the the there's somebody who's mindful. There's somebody who is mindful and thoughtful. There's somebody who is impulsive. Uh, there's somebody who, uh, you know, does the worst possible thing in response to whatever the situation is. Like it really depends on the, it really depends on the, 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 what, what's going on. Yeah. So I don't have one single person. Uh, I yeah. I mean, uh, that's probably right. I probably have a few, but Thatch is like the smartest guy I know who mm-hmm. is also nuts and impulsive. Okay. Um, so well-rounded. I played in a band with Thatch for some years 
And before I say anything else, please, listeners, do not ask what band uh, I was in or try to understand that. You're only going to hurt yourself. It was the uh, it was the red knot chili peppers. <laughs> I'm not even Tribute trying to band. be cute or ironic. I made terrible music, but regardless. So Thatch used to say we we would uh, work on songs, and Thatch would say, "Look, look, man, you can play fast, or you can play slow, but never, never play in between." That was his rule, mm. and I think that's how I feel about the music that's usually in my head when I'm riding or running. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all pretty, it's all pretty heavy, but not all of it. Uh, But it's all either fast or slow. What's your hot take on that? Um, Mid-tempo music. I don't know. I don't know if I have, don't know if I have one. Because I'm trying to think like if, if I were to look through my collection and I would say like, Give me a, well, okay, do this. Like, were the vomit spots, vomit spots weren't mid-tempo. No, no. What do you think the vomit spots are up to these days? I hope they're doing well. I really do, too. Give me an example of something mid-tempo. Like, I mean, a classic mid, so here's a band that many, many humans enjoy that I don't at all, uh, that is mid-tempo. And it's called Pearl Jam. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I went, you know, I can't just say anything. Um, I can't say anything without some kind of fucking bullshit meandering anecdote to go along with it. So a bunch of years ago, I had some friends that were in a band in San Francisco. And they had an opportunity to drive to Santa Barbara to play uh with scared straight and what is it like scared straight and doctor no or some shit like i don't even i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember the the it was a weird right. bill but <clears throat> we drove down and and uh you know i'm 20 uh 23 or 24 and so i hadn't yet really expanded my horizons musically right right right. and these guys were you know of uh, they were you know heavy rock whatever genre and the whole way down we listened to frank zappa and rush and uh i was i was like what what why why are you guys listening to this is the antithesis this is the opposite this is has nothing to do with the kind of music that you play but then i realized Somewhere along the way. And that was kind of when I started to go back to music that I grew up listening to and, and, and opening my ears to possibilities, uh, to not be afraid of my pop sensibilities. Yeah. So then it was probably around that time. I don't know if it was early nineties and I'm sure Pearl Jam's first record was out and I refused, flatly refused to listen to it because if you know Pearl Jam's history, some of the guys were previously in a band with some of the guys from Mud Honey called Green River. Yeah, Green River. And Green River was fucking great. Yeah, it's a good. There's, so is there more Green, than one record? Green River records? I only have uh-huh. one. There's an EP and a and an LP. Okay. Uh, neither of which I can remember the names of. But um, 
the so I was like, nope, I'm in the mud honey camp. Like those other dudes are sellouts and mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. And I didn't know what Pearl Jam list, uh, sounded like for a long time. And then eventually I heard it somewhere. I was like, oh, damn hey, it. It's good. It sounds good. I get teased that I only like music that I can sing along to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's catchy, you know? And then I'm like, okay, well, fuck. If I'm going to, if I'm going to go all in with, with what sounds good to me, like, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm no, going to own what do. I think sounds good to me. That's what you should do. I have a good friend, um, Chris Pierce, who played in Doc Hopper and Dead Guy and the Groucho <laughs> Marxists and some other bands. He's in, um, he's in New Jersey. And Chris, Chris is one of those. Uh, he's from Maine. He was in Sinkhole. Um, he's one of those kind of prodigies. Like he can sing and play drums. He's the best guitar. He's the best drummer and the best guitar player I know. Mm. And, um, we both worked at guitar center actually together for a brief period. And what he would do is he, every, uh, Paul Reed Smith guitar, which are these sort of like ridiculous, uh, artistically produced guitars. He would take every one out especially the they made a they made one called the dragon that had like a dragon inlaid in the frame anyway he would take them all out knowing that someone was going to pay just stupid amounts of money for them and he would be the first to play them he would take them out of the out of the box on principle and play metallica solos because he spent all of high school in his room in maine high learning metallica solos note for note so he would take the dragon out Play the solo, put it back in the box, and look at me and go, some fucker's going to pay 10 grand for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. My point is that Chris (laughs) turned me on to the idea of like the Go-Go's as a punk rock band. Mm -hmm. And and Chris would – Chris listened to my band like without being – just not even I would walk in, he'd be listening to me. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing listening to us? We're oh, terrible. Being, he'd be like, oh, oh like, he, like, yeah. He liked everything. He liked yeah. everything. And if he didn't like it, he didn't care to tell you. So I, I actually I think that's the right. I listen to plenty of mid-tempo. I'm so full of shit. But I think actually <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about it is if if you have no musical talent like I do, you can only play fast or slow. Okay. It takes real talent to make a song that sounds good at mid-tempo. That's that's my revised thesis. You have okay. to have talent to do that. Yeah, uh it's it's almost um it's almost like there is room for I mean not being a musician, I I can't say this with any degree of authority, but there's there's no room to hide in mid, mid-tempo. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fast. You have to have a real you can melody. be sloppy, slow. You can be hyper methodical. But in that, in that, in the in between, where you can see everything and hear everything. Yeah. You got to play then all again, the notes. Uh huh. And I can't. You know, not being a musician, like everybody in my family, my cousin's a musician. I have another cousin who's like a Berkeley, you know, graduate, master's pianist. Uh, like everybody in my family plays music except me. Huh? Yeah. She's the 12, I love the 12 inch pianist joke. Uh, Everybody can play but me. And I was 
uh, I think I was blessed with a good ear, but absolutely no ability. Yeah. I'd say the same for myself. I I tried to play in bands and I tried to be good at it. But even songs that I wrote, I couldn't play all the notes (laughs) consistently. Uh Uh-huh. I just, I want to, you know, I I get a guitar and then I learn a little while. Like I learned when I was a kid and then I'm like, I really got to get back. I really want to learn how to play. The beginning of a couple years before COVID, I wanted, I was going to learn how to play bass. I was going to buy an amp. I was going to buy a guitar. I was going to learn. Never followed through. It's like with my, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about, I was going to give up on bikes and art and just do build model cars and do karate. Yeah. I built one model car and do any karate. Like yeah. my, my plan to, to learn how to play bass went just that far. Yeah. And I never did fuck all about it. I had this goofball Ibanez that I picked up somewhere yard mm-hmm. sale or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I just learn a couple of power chords, like that's really all I want to do is to sit and play like the same two right. power chords. Didn't do that. I don't know. It It's this mental block. I want to, even if I play music poorly, I want to someday at least be able to play, you know? Yeah. But I get so frustrated because I sit down, I make my hands do the things that I think that I think it's they're supposed to do. Yeah. And it still sounds like shit. Yeah. I I I got I got I got fairly far with it, but I I recognized that I just don't have it, you know, like I've played a lot in my life. I played drums, I've played guitar. But all of the people who have spent the same amount of time as me are good. <laughs> well, it's subjective, though. You know, like you, you never, you're always going to be your own worst critic. No, I think. I, I, yeah, I'm too old for that. I'm too old for that. I know what I sound like. It's just, it's not terrible. It's just not good. So I, I think about like all the guitar. Like I used to own a lot of guitars. Like I used to own a lot of bikes and I've had a lot of nice guitars and a lot of nice bikes and, and been able to justify none of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I get that. You always think though, you get that one, that one bike, that one super nice bike. Yeah. And you think this is going to enhance my experience. Yeah. And it doesn't. Well, it doesn't make me you know, faster or a better bike handler. It makes you think you're faster and a better bike handler. Yeah. But then when it comes right down to it, you know, it's, it's uh, you, it, it, you can all, what's the, can't polish a turd. That's right. Know? That's I mean, right. That's, I feel like, I feel like when I'm on, when I'm riding a bike, when I'm riding a really nice bike, I think like, I, I finally look like a cyclist. Finally look, you know. Yeah. But I don't. I don't, I'll never, I'll never look like a cyclist. I, we used to joke, a friend of mine and I used to joke about like the cyclist face, <laughs> you know, sort of like sunken cheekbones and yeah. steel, the blue steel gaze, you know, yeah. I don't have that. My calves don't look like cyclist calves. I'm just, I have like a block body. I'm built like, I'm like a rectangle Yep. and I'm forever going to be a rectangle. And I ride a bike, you know, with the exception of the guy in the pink shirt. I don't think anybody's seen me ride a bike very good in the last decade. Yeah, you want to be a Picasso, but you're a Kandinsky. Maybe. I don't know. Just to throw out a weird analogy. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. Take it. So as we wrap up here, 
before we go, give me two great songs to have in your head while you ride. Oh. Two great songs. Are you in a good mood or are you in sort of a thoughtful mood? Give me one of each. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, let me, let me find this one. Um, Ray LaMontagne. Whoa. Didn't there's see a, it coming. There's a song called Empty. I think it's Empty. That is just, it's a perfect song. All right. Like that's just a fucking, it's just, it makes me, so my, every, that, that, everything he plays makes me cry, but. So that's the contemplative one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, um, the song that just like the, Ooh, uh, well, shit, it's not a song. It's, it's all of, um, uh, Mastodon's Leviathan. Mm. I've, I've only ever listened to that when I ride rollers. Oh, yeah. and it is, if you want to smash your, your taint for an <laughs> hour, just absolutely numb yourself from the waist down. That's a, that's a super good album to listen to on the rollers. Um, and I would say like for just general, um, general riding, if I'm in a good mood and I kind of want to mash, but like not for not kill myself, um, uh, probably mm, the first or second Bronx album. Oh yeah. We'll just say shitty future off the second album. Right. Just a, just a fast roller. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. I uh, trainer songs is a, is a good, is a good call. I like, um, I, I like to listen to rollers. lightning bolt on the trainer. What lightning bolt? Um, like Dracula mountain. Oh, I like when I'm on the trainer, I'm first of all, it's a dark day when I'm on the trainer. Yeah. And so what goes in the headphones on the trainer is going to be pure chaos. Uh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be chaotic. It and has to, me, to distract you because it's, it's such a miserable experience. It is. So Dra I think I think the apex there for me is Lightning Bolt's Dracula Mountain. Um, such a good song name. Yeah. Uh, the whole mountain of Draculas. I also li really like, um, you know, the band Russian Circles, mm -hmm. which is a instrumental metal, I guess. Heavy band. Yeah. They have a song called Quartered that uh, is really good to ride to. Um, they're fantastic. And, Just, they're so good. Yeah. Holy a good cow. buddy of mine uh, has been their tour manager periodically. Huh. Um, and then the last song for me would be, there's a band called John. Uh, mm -hmm. which is a British band. It's two guys two, named John. Two dudes. You know yeah. them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're sort of idols adjacent. Uh, yeah. I think somebody at some point sent me an email and they said, oh, you, if you like the idols, you'll like these guys. And it was, I don't know, a few years ago. And so I investigated and, and got, a, got, a bunch of, uh, got a bunch of music from them. Yeah, they're um, fantastic. I like the song <laughs> Squad Vowels is the one that really yes. gets me yeah, going. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there was a little while where I just I was only going to listen to bands with two people in it. 
Yeah. And so I went down this, you know, this list, like the two gallants, uh, death from above, uh, oh shit. What's the dude from, um, carp? Uh, I don't know, but I, I also really like two person bands. Uh, John times two is a two person band. Also a band that, uh, toured with whores called 68. Oh, that's a great band. Not, not heard of them. Fantastic. Oh, uh, big business. That's oh, what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. 68, 68 is another, that's another two person band. It is. They're from Atlanta and they make, listen to their first record, which is, I think it's called in humor and sadness. It's, it. um, okay. it's chaotic. It's chaotic. Good. If you want to cast it in dungeons and dragons terms. Uh, that's the only terms I understand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm on their website and they have, um, they have like those merch packages, <laughs> you know, where you buy right. a record and you get a tote and a hoodie, or you can get the colored vinyl and a t-shirt or yeah. you get two t-shirts. You and need a-, a tote. Oh my God. How the fuck do they afford to produce all this? I don't know. You need totes. You need all hail the black tote. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I probably do. You know, I'm busy on all these other projects. Totes are just going to have to sit uh, on the back burner. Down the list. While we're we we do need to wrap up because it's we're at an hour nine now. But oh boy, we shot over, didn't we? we? Always, we always do. But it, it's worth mentioning. You have some gloves. Oh uh, yeah, geez, man. Uh, yeah, I've got some riding gloves that um, I put out. Well. I got designed and I put an order in for in like February. Um, but, but because international manufacturing or overseas uh, manufacturing is so screwy and then getting the shipping containers, you know, there's like shipping, uh, uh, container ships like parked Mm -hmm. off the coast of LA and the Bay area and Seattle and Tacoma, all just, I don't know, like shipping channels got all screwed up or whatever. So manufacturing has been a total nightmare. Big time. But those gloves, uh, which are, I don't remember which model they are. I just, let's see, I got a... Uh, they're they're uh, Giro gloves, right? Giro gloves, which specific, the D&Ds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got an order in route that should be here, I don't know, within the next week maybe i'm gonna say and they have been a long time coming so i'm pretty excited to finally get my hands in some i see see what you did there Mm -hmm. so um Mm -hmm. it's this show this episode isn't going to come out for a few weeks yet so by the time people are hearing your voice talk about the gloves that are about to arrive they will be for sale on your site yeah yeah i'm gonna have them i've got some little odds and ends, new patches, new stickers, uh, five inch, uh, cuff, like sweatbands. Cause that, I think that looks cool. Any bass players out there and ten, or tennis players, sweaty yetis. Oh man. I just think five inch cuffs are so cool looking. And like, all I do is I just, I buy like 12 dozen of something and then hope that I can convince other people to they want them to, or otherwise that's what we're doing right here, right now. So listeners perform some goddamn commerce for steve Go to all hell, the black yeah. market, get that. Since we talked about music today, also buy 
the Who Rides the Tiger LP, which is available on his website. That's the intro and outro music, which you're going to be hearing any any second now. Sure um, is. And because Bill from Who Rides the Tiger was so nice to let us use that track, you should also uh, find some Ozorn, O-Z-O-R-N. Is there an umlaut? Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, just no. O-Z-O-R-N. I mean, only when, only when I type it. Yeah, find them uh, and get some of that too, especially if you like fast, loud things. Yeah, yeah. And slow, loud things. But loud, you'll 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 like it all. He's a he's a whiz. He's a whiz a whiz kid musician. Yep. So uh, yeah, well, thanks, man. It's always a pleasure, and thank you everybody for listening, and thank you for the comments. Uh, if you have questions or anything you'd like us to field, any topics you might be interested in hearing us jibber jabber on about, uh, let us know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Stevel, until next time, Stevel at cyclingindependent.com or robot at cyclingindependent.com. Even just send a note to say we suck. I, I like that. I like to be reminded. A, I don't need to be reminded, yeah. but constructive criticism, I'm always open to that. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Until next time. We'll see you then.